This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. The Gospel lesson as it's printed on the back of the bulletin. Jesus said, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah, who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates, We played the lute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. In the name of Jesus, amen. From the days of John the Baptist until now, The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and violent men seek to take it away by force. In the whole Gospel of Matthew, these are perhaps the most difficult to translate from the Greek, and yet, all the same, their meaning is very, very clear. The kingdom of God will suffer persecution. Violent persecution. As an example of this violent persecution, Jesus talks about St. John the Baptist, who was beheaded for speaking the truth of God's Word. And he compares him to Elijah, who was so persecuted that he hid away in a cave and said to God, Only I am left who believe in you. Yes, dear Christian, on today, Reformation Day, we hear about persecution of the kingdom of heaven. What exactly is the kingdom of heaven? In the small catechism, we answer that question in the Lord's Prayer section. We say, God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. What is the kingdom of heaven then? It is those who, by the Holy Spirit, hear God's Word and live holy lives. In simple terms, the kingdom of heaven is believing Christians. The kingdom of heaven is all of you and me. So when Jesus says the kingdom has faced violence and that violent men seek to take it away by force, he's talking about what is happening with you. Whether you realize it or not. You face violence 
There are those who would seek to take your faith away by force. To stop the Holy Spirit from coming to you by force. To corrupt God's word preached to you by force. To remove you from your Christian faith by force. This has happened throughout history. John the Baptist was beheaded. Christians were martyred. Bartholomew was skinned alive. Thomas was speared to death. Simeon was sawed in two. Paul beheaded. Peter crucified upside down. After the time of the apostles, persecution kept on going. Polycarp was burned to death. Justin, the martyr, was beheaded. St. Lawrence was famously grilled alive. Persecution. Attempts to stop Christians from believing. To increase their fear so much that they didn't want to come to church. And the truth is, it's not just these intense, violent persecutions of old that Christians face. Oftentimes, the violent persecution of the world comes in a more mild, underhanded fashion. Except our view of marriage or be erased from society. Accept homosexuality, support abortion, or be labeled misogynistic. Dress the way that we want and post it all over Instagram. Or be alone, an outsider, an outcast. Consume the things that we tell you to buy. Listen to what we play on the radio. Watch what we produce and stream into your home on the TV set. Talk about these things every day with the people that you meet. But don't talk about Jesus. Be sad about what we tell you to be sad about. Be happy about what we say is good. Do this, and you'll fit in. Don't do this, and we'll make your life miserable. So much of what is pushed upon us is not Christian. So much of what's pushed upon us is actually against Christ. But the world makes its demands all the same, and it expects us to capitulate. Behind these violent martyrdoms and persecutions, behind these questions that are put in front of you, is all the same activity. Satan desires to destroy your Christian faith. 
Satan desires to force you to do what he wants instead of what your Lord and Savior Jesus wants. To encourage you to listen to your own heart and follow it rather than to listen to the word of God and believe and confess it. Satan violently persecutes in this world to stop you from being Christian. To kill your faith in the one true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Satan pushes, pokes, prods, murders, and lies. Many of us, in an attempt to avoid all that Satan does, give in. We give in. We allow the world to have its say over us and our lives. We change what we are doing to match the beliefs of the world rather than the Word of God. We become a part of the world. Neglecting our place in the one holy Christian church. To put it back into those catechism terms, we lead unholy lives, we reject the Holy Spirit, and our faith grows weak. Sometimes we knowingly give in to the world. But what's even more sad is that oftentimes we don't even realize it. The slow, methodical push away from Christianity sweeps us up. We just walk along with everyone else. Our sinful natures love the world too much to notice when we give in to its wicked wretchedness. Our sinful nature loves all the things that the world tries to sell us. Our sinful nature loves power and wealth and prestige. Our sinful nature longs Put others in their place. There's an old saying about how to cook a live frog. If you drop it into boiling water, it will immediately jump out. Instead, to cook a live frog, at least Pastor Poppy says, apparently he's done this, you put the live frog in lukewarm water. And slowly increase the heat. And as the frog warms up with the water, it doesn't even realize that it is being cooked to death. 
That's how Satan is after you. Step by step, day after day, methodically, sin increases in attempt to kill your faith. The world slowly changes as it grows ever more increasingly wicked. And Satan will never be satisfied until your faith is dead. The world will never be satisfied with your capitulation. It will always ask you to give more. It will always push you further from Jesus. It will not be satisfied, Jesus says. In our gospel lesson, John came as a stoic, neither eating nor drinking, wandering around in the wilderness, eating locusts and honey, wearing strange clothes, and no one liked him. The Son of Man came eating, drinking, hanging out with people, going into their homes, visiting, being happy and smiling. And it called him a drunkard who hangs out with sinners. The world will not be satisfied with you. It will always ask more. That leaves you only one option. Repent. Repent of your sin. Repent of loving the world more than God. Repent of listening to its siren's call to increase in sin. Repent of your foul mouth and the words that it speaks. Repent of your addictions which consume your entire life. Repent of your love of mere things like wealth and prestige and power. Repent of your consumerism that is so focused with stuff that it doesn't have time for Christ. Repent of your theft of other people's possessions. Repent of loving sports teams more than God. Repent of giving in to abortion, adultery, lust, and the rest. Repent of filling yourself with the things of the world. Repent of loving this world even as it seeks to kill your faith. By violence. Repent of giving in. Repent of your sin. You see, Christ knew your sin. 
Christ died to forgive your sin. His blood was shed for you to wash you clean, to make you whole. Only Jesus can save you, and he has. Repent and know that he is your only hope. The crucified and risen Son of God, who out of love for you gave himself for you. Only Jesus can save you from the violence this world throws at you. If they kill you, only Jesus can raise you from the dead. And he will. He has promised to do so. Only Jesus can overcome abortion, adultery, lust, the coronavirus, political impasses, and the rest. Only Jesus can save you from yourself. Only Jesus. His blood is for you. His death is for you. His resurrection is for you. And in his word and in his sacraments, he is with you as you face the persecution of this world. He's been with all who trust in him. Take the example of John the Baptist from our gospel lesson. The prophet who prepared his way. He lived his life unafraid of the world. He spoke the truth of God's word. Even to an incestuous king who married his brother's wife. He spoke God's word boldly, and it cost him his head and his life. And yet he spoke the truth all the same with faith in Jesus, knowing that on the last day, Jesus would make all things right. And that he had nothing to fear. Take Martin Luther. It is Reformation Day after all. He was told to be silent about the gospel. He was offered a cardinal's hat to shut him up. But he rejected it all and kept on preaching about Jesus. Take Peter and the other apostles who were told to shut up about Jesus. But kept on preaching all the same who, even when they were arrested and publicly beaten, rejoiced at being counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. The world said, play by our rules. And they replied, we believe in Jesus. The world said, we played the flute, now dance. They said, we believe in Jesus. The world sang a dirge and said, it's time to be sad. And they said, we believe in Jesus. 
We know nothing but Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we shall be saved. Jesus only. That was the faith of those who have come before us just as it is our faith now. Jesus is our hope. Dear Christian, Jesus saved those who went before us. And He saves you. He rescues you. He loves you. He justifies you. He sets you free from love of the world. He sets you free from your addictions. He sets you free from your bad confessions of faith. He pours out His Holy Spirit upon you to call, gather, enlighten, and bring you in to the kingdom of heaven. He feeds you with His own body and blood to nourish and keep you on your way. He washes away all of your sin in the waters of holy baptism. In these things, He gives you faith. He makes you His possession. And He will continue to sustain you. Today, tomorrow, and all of the days that you have until either you die or he comes back. No matter what violence you may face from the world, you belong to Jesus. No matter what mandate might undermine God's word, you belong to Jesus. No matter what church closes or steeple falls, you belong to Jesus. And he's with you to bring you through the valley of the shadow of death and into the green pastures of eternal life. Even if you die, yet shall you live. We, like those Christians who went before us, know nothing but Jesus. We, like those Christians who went before us, must obey God rather than men and know that God has given us the faith to do so. And so on this Reformation Day, look to Jesus. Look only to Jesus. Fear not. He is with you. Be not afraid. He is your God. And though the world strike with violence, nothing can separate you from His love. In the name of Jesus, Amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, 
By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.